1: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And rejoining me this week is the great Lana McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can listen to him on the Best Coast Voice podcast. Lana, what's going on, sir?
0: Not much. I am uh, uh, refreshed, uh, regenerated, I guess is the word, right? I, I have go. my regeneration days uh and actually i'm fresh maybe not so fresh but fresh back from uh training camp in oxnard as well so uh back from vacation and and back from oxnard uh and and certainly excited to talk a little bit cowboys football well
1: i didn't even ask you did you go out to sunday's practice
0: i didn't make uh i didn't make saturdays but i did make sundays yes i did make sunday's practice gotcha so we are going to talk about sunday's practice
1: because there was there's a lot to talk about um I'm going to ask you about a couple of different players, but there's a, a few interesting tweets that I want to get to. Uh, first and foremost, I want to start with Leighton Van because uh, Todd Archer from ESPN continues to rave about Leighton Vanderush's practices, his training camp so far. I, I just want to know, what have you seen from him? Does it look like the Van that we saw in 2018 rather than 2019 and
0: 2020? Well, you know, the interesting thing about Land- uh, Leighton Esch, you know specifically is that we didn't see training camp last year, you know? So, so, so I didn't see the, the, the problem of, of, of what, you know, I didn't see any precursor in training camp of, of what problems he might have going into last season. So I I guess to answer your question, he looks like the guy that he looked like when I saw him two years ago, which is good, you know, like he has looked really good at practice. I I noticed him again today, uh, especially in coverage. He's just looks a lot, uh, cleaner with his footwork he's sticking on people a little bit uh, better um you know and, and in the run game you're seeing him shooting gaps and making you know it's tough because again part of late invader issues have been t- tied to his tackling and finishing tackles we don't so we see have that a lot in training camp. we don't see that a lot in practice so that's the one thing that i'm still kind of interested in seeing if you know there's improvement there i i really don't worry about that so much because I mean, I do worry about it because I need to see him do it. But I I think that he can return to form there simply because he is, you know, a long-armed guy who's really good at at kind of breaking down when he's comfortable with his footwork. Um, I think there's just times last year that he just got played a little bit out of control because he was a step late in things Mm -hmm. because he just didn't understand exactly what was happening in front of him and his role in in the defense very well. So uh, he has looked a lot more comfortable this this year and definitely – um, you know, out, depending on how where you want to grade Parsons on the scale of things, uh, has definitely looked like the best linebacker out there uh, in practice.
1: Well, let's talk about those linebackers because a, a topic that we've had basically all offseason is what's the best pairing of these linebackers? Is it Jalen and Leighton Van Rush? Is it Micah and Leighton? Uh, after what, two weeks of practice, Leighton, what would you say is the best combination that you've seen so far?
0: Well, I, I mean, again, I, I, I think if anything, You know, my my answer back then has been confirmed kind of the more I've seen uh, camp. And that's, you know, so and and to be fair, some of most of everything we've seen up until you know today's practice, today's practice was the last day of install, from what Mm -hmm. I understand. So it's all been install up until now. And we have seen a ton of different combinations of these linebackers. So, um, you know, I I think what we're going to see is. In you know first down situations, Jalen will be on the field. In mm-hmm. nickel situations, they'll probably take Jalen off the field and put Parsons in the game. Uh, but that that doesn't mean that they also won't put in someone like Keanu Neal and then have Parsons rushing as an as a as a Leo or or as a as basically a blitzing linebacker. Um, they've just really mix and match not only the guys uh, who the starters are but also the personnel groups and how they're being deployed i mean they're 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 not just deploying parsons as a as a straightforward linebacker so Mm -hmm. there are times when he's on the field and technically it's a three linebacker package but you know he's a blitzer he's a pass rusher so um i I think if you're talking about who are like if we're talking about nickel package on on you know money downs where they got to get off the field like 30 I, i I still think it's going to be Leighton Van Der Esch and and Micah Parsons, and, and or potentially Keanu Neal. I think they're going to have a separate role for 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 uh, Jalen Smith, and, and you know clearly, in early down situations, and then all other packages where they're going to deploy him, you know, on in a specific way. Uh, but 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 as far as like who's playing the most, it certainly seems like Leighton Van Der Esch is, and Parsons are the guy they trust the most.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, all this stuff that we've been hearing and we've been seeing about Leighton Van Der Esch, it just seems like he's back to feeling comfortable in his own body. Uh, I heard an interview from him. It might have been Friday or Saturday where he was talking about uh, he cut out alcohol and sweets you know, this offseason, and uh, that's actually helped his game quite a bit. Uh, it helps all of us when you do that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's all encouraging news about the linebackers so far. So It is. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, staying with the defense, I want to talk about the secondary lane because I think this is very fascinating. So (laughs) another training camp practice, another Maurice Kennedy interception uh, somebody who I think a lot of people wrote off. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast, but I actually want to ask you a question that uh, our friend Katie Drummond uh, proposed on Twitter. Do you think Maurice Kennedy playing this well and Kelvin Joseph playing pretty well, at least according to like Steven Jones, might open the door for like an Anthony Brown trade who I wrote it down. They could save four and a half million if they traded him before week one. Is that something that you are starting to entertain as a possible idea?
0: I think it's a little scary, you know, okay. simply because you know, you need as many of these guys as you can get. I agree with you. And, and I, I really feel like the way, look, I'm excited. Like I, I, I think, you know, the best that we could have hoped for in the preseason looking at this collection of guys is Okay. There's four or five of these guys that, you know, if the situation was right, they can have a good season. And, and and all we need is like one or two of them to to to, to look good enough and, and that should be enough. If that number ends up being three or four, like don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, no. like just just You're not just gonna get the- your value back from trading Anthony Brown. Listen, and, and
1: the- even if it's four million, like you're not gonna get a player in free agency now at four million dollars that's gonna make a bigger impact than Anthony Brown, even as a third or fourth corner. I really don't think so at least.
0: And who are we trading for? You know what I'm saying? Like that's because that's the other thing too, is that I feel like they've gotten a lot of answers or at least pretty good answers so far at some of the positions that they have concerns with. So here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. To to answer that question, if
1: you're trading Anthony Brown, it's not about the compensation that you get back. It's about the cap. So like, I think it would have made more sense if you would have traded him, let's say, a week ago. You free up that cap space, and then you go out and get Justin Houston. But Justin Houston's gone now to Baltimore. Yeah. I, I don't see very many guys in free agency now that you say are worth $4 million for one season. I, I, just, I don't think there's many of those options out there.
0: I agree. You know, I, I think that, you know, I mean, it, w- we'll see, you know, with someone like Gino Atkins. That's my, the only one I, mean,
1: I was just about to say that. Yes.
0: But 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 I mean, even then, like, I think you could probably figure out a way to afford him without having to get rid of I Anthony Brown. So I, 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 I'm i not trying to get Anthony Brown off this team if he's going to be in a, one, one of his good season cycles, because when mm-hmm. he plays well, he's you know, the years that he plays well, he plays very, very well, well like yes. top top level cornerback three level you know yes. like at a very cornerback quarterback yes. two. yeah exactly for a good price and 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 just to, to have as a safety blanket until you can get joseph to a level where he's ready to kind of take that job over and then now suddenly you've got brown who can, you could can slide into the slot and i just think how the gift of suddenly having a lot of depth at quarterback is not something that i would give away you know even for to save a little bit of money Yes. Uh, any comments on Kelvin Joseph before we move on? I thought he's looked good. You know, I mean, I, I can't speak to, you know, obviously Steven Jones probably has seen more tape than I have, though. I, I feel like I've seen a, a lot of the tape because I've been recording a lot of the practices, but uh, you know, I, I think, I, I think, you know, he you've seen him. Uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the huge negatives that I was expecting. Got There's it. definitely plays where I saw him give up a touchdown today on an inside slant for the, for the four, you know it's going to happen, but 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 what I but what I haven't seen is him look. I've never seen him look completely lost. I've never yeah. seen him look out of place. I've never seen him look overmatched. Uh, I've over only wild. ever seen yeah. him like you know oh make a mental make a mental mistake here or there or something. But you know I I will say this he is incredibly gifted uh, physically the way and and, and it it reflects in his play like he has incredibly patient feet uh when 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 guys are coming at him he doesn't you know uh, overreact to double moves because he trusts his athleticism and 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 that's that's a rare thing you know for a young player and and i don't you know i think that he's gonna need some seasoning obviously to get get ready but i think that being that confident in your athletic ability and having that Mm -hmm. uh, that's that will go a long way early on in his career
1: all right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best-tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low-calories, high-protein, and low-sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next box at builtbar.com. All right, and we can talk about C.D. Lamb and some of the other big-name players, but we get in-depth on this show. This is this yeah. is why people love the life on Cowboys Podcasts. Is we don't just talk about the starters. We talk about the, the reserve guys as well. This is a tweet from Todd Archer today. Uh, he said, some quick thoughts on practice so far. On offense, the most improved player is Sean McEwen, the tight end from Michigan. Hmm. Uh, He's made some really nice catches. One of those second jump or second year jump guys. Uh, What do you think about Sean McEwen? And do you kind of you know share the same belief that Todd does?
0: I certainly will say that I I think McEwen has a real chance to take that tight end three job um, because he's just he's shown up as a receiver. The problem with that, though. And, and and if you want to talk about potential trade players here, the problem with that is that he is extremely similar to what you already have in Jarwin and and uh, Schultz, cool. yep. uh, and he's he's not going to be a you know uh, a guy who's who's you know putting guys in body bags as a blocker. You know he's he's a. Uh, he's he's a you know get in the way blocker who can who clearly has uh, He loses slowly. List. That's that's what you're hoping, right? Yeah, I mean he he can kind of do that, but yeah, I mean <laughs> like that's and that's the concern, right? Is that yeah. like if you if you make him your tight end 3 and suddenly you've got you know one guy who can kind of block, one guy who just really can't no. block and then one guy who can also kind of block. That's not really, you know, a, a diverse skill set to have in your tight end room necessarily. So uh, and, and and then you know does the question become do you keep four tight ends? And if you keep four tight ends, then you you know it probably, probably can't go long, of, you know long at receiver. So it's it's a cascading it's, running, a cascading, it's a cascading issue. We, we we all know exactly you know what the the, the 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 twisters that you can tie yourself into when dealing with roster management. So th- the point is is that they need to figure out what they're doing there because they do clearly have three tight ends who I think can offer you something as receiving options. I don't know that they can actually be able to use all of them. So maybe what you need to do is figure out if someone does Jarwin need to be traded. Cause can you get something? I, I doubt that you can get anything for Jarwin is Schultz a guy that can be traded. Is that something you, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not advocating for that as because you know, as the engineer of the Schultz train, but I think it's, I think it's, these are questions that that are probably being asked because they do have three guys who I think are all kind of similar, who who are pretty decent, I think could, you know, do something on an NFL team.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're wrong in, you know, potentially trying to explore tight end trade. The problem is, is somebody really going to trade for Blake Jarwin coming off that injury and with that contract? And then for Dalton Schultz, like he played really well last year, but is somebody going to trade a decent pick for Dalton Schultz who's going into the final year of his contract? Probably not,
0: right? And you're so, not saving money, really, if you're trading them. No, you know, no. Because it's, so it's not expensive. So I, I think
1: what it comes down to is it's going to be Sean McEwen or Jer- Jeremy Sprinkle. I just don't see a way this team can afford to keep four tight ends. Um, if they cut Jeremy Sprinkle, they'll save just under a million dollars where Sean McEwen is very cheap. Maybe that ends up factoring in because ultimately, how many snaps are we talking about per game for Jeremy Sprinkle as a blocker?
0: Well, Ten? At yeah, moment? I'll tell I'll tell you this though: if they're going to do that, then they need to have, they need to have another similar solution. They need to, ha- they need to keep a fullback, you know, because it, they can't have three tight ends who can't. Or at least one of them can can block. They yeah. need a yeah. they need a blocking tight end or a blocking guy on the edge. Maybe that can function as a, a fullback can function in that role. But they gotta find that. And, and if that means they have to kill four tight ends, that's not good either. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a tough problem. It's okay, a good problem.
1: It, it, just a very general question because I'm sure there's people out there thinking about it. Jeremy Sprinkle really doesn't offer you anything as a receiver. So. Why couldn't the Cowboys just bring in like Terrence Steele or Brandon Knight in certain situations when you need that extra blocker?
0: I mean, it, it, you just need to be prepared to do that. Okay. That's fine. I mean, it, but uh, but at the same time, obviously, that doesn't offer you. Jeremy Sprinkle isn't a great receiver but he 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 will catch the football if it's, if it's that's thrown true. at him you know what I'm saying and that's the, that's the threat of having it tied in on the field versus a tackle i mean you could unless you you want to You've make an eligible Terrence receiver and we don't know i mean that, that, listen it's clearly been done before so just remember yeah. to make him an eligible receiver and that, okay. that um
1: one more tweet from Todd Archer he was actually mentioning that uh last year uh, Mike McCarthy kind of scoffed at the idea of having your five best offensive linemen on the field. And then yeah, we we kind of eventually saw Yeah, yeah. We saw it later in the year when they tried to play Zach Martin at right tackle. It seems like the Cowboys are at least experimenting with the idea at Connor Williams at center and Connor McGovern at left guard. Do you think that's just a practice thing, or do you think the Cowboys are actually considering moving Connor Williams over to center?
0: I don't know yet. I mean, I think you know from what it seems like they're pretty serious about it, you know, because I, I, today at practice they were rotating in Connor uh, Connor McGovern and, and Tyler Biotish back and forth, and Williams would step over. Yes, yes. Um, and so you know they're, they're at least getting a lot of solid looks that way. Now again, that could be in preparation for making Connor McGovern the universal backup you know in That's a good point. It, it, it might have and, more to
1: uh, do with McGovern than it does Connor Williams. It,
0: it, well, it, it, or it may have to do with getting Connor Williams ready to play center if you know what I'm saying. Like it, yep. I, I, you, to your point, yes, it may be more about
1: yeah.
0: finding a solution to the backup situation than it is about getting take someone taking Tyler Biodish's starting spot, right? I think and I think honestly to me that still is is my uh, my front runner, you know, because I, 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 still think that Biotis is the starter from what it seems like.
1: Well, uh, I guess the question comes down. Do you think Tyler Biotis is a better center than what Connor McGovern is a left guard?
0: I, I think it's actually comes down to uh, in, in this specific question. I think it actually comes down to the pair of the two is Connor McGovern and Connor Williams better guarded center combined than Tyler Biotish and Connor okay. Williams. Because well, like, because, because I, I I have concerns about Connor Williams as a center. you know what I mean like he's he's never really played the position before there have been some snap issues at different points of practice um, I, I think that as far as physical blockers that the Connors may be like a better pairing just because I think they may they may be better physical specimens you know um, okay. at least bigger yeah um, but I, I don't know that that actually translates to better performance on the field yet
1: okay. Uh, the offensive line is really fascinating because I don't think entering camp we thought there was any competition at that spot. Like we thought the, the five starters were pretty much entrenched, but two weeks inland, we might have a battle on the offensive line. Uh, I don't know if, it, if that's fun, if that's good news, but Uh, It's certainly something Uh, I want to talk more about the offensive line in just a second, actually. But uh, before we do that, I want to tell you guys about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action on bet online online. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, Let's run through some rookies that we maybe haven't talked about a lot on this podcast because you've been out to practice multiple days. You've seen these guys in pads. Now, uh, what can you report on Josh Ball?
0: You know, I just haven't seen a ton of noticeable stuff. We've only had this was only my first padded practice so okay. far, but I did watch uh, some some uh, video of the first day, and you know, it's just it's. I think a lot of it has just been that he's been running with kind of the, almost the third team, which is not surprising. Yeah. It's just more than it's been a very tough evaluation, you know, because uh, the talent down there is, is, you know, there's actually a lot of disparity in the talent on the third team between the offense and the defense, because of the fact that the, defense is you know has a lot more players that play right so like especially the the by the second team a lot of those guys are are actually starters on yeah, yeah. defense yeah. and on offense they're like they never play right so by the third team it's actually even more uh widespread but I, I i've noticed him but but you know he hasn't like buried anybody or i haven't seen him you know do anything outstanding yet and i but i haven't actually noticed him getting absolutely sunned i, I did see him get uh, uh beaten by uh parsons at one point okay. when parsons came over on a one-on-one but but outside of that I just haven't noticed him so has he mostly been playing left tackle i see i saw him at left tackle okay. most of the steps that i've noticed him yeah so i, I don't know if that if that means he's playing both though I, i'm guessing that we're gonna see a
1: lot of josh ball and terrence Steele at tackle uh, on thursday night at the hall of fame game right
0: uh yeah i would assume so that's yeah, good. That, I,
1: that's like, that's a guy that I think really could use as many reps as possible. Like both of absolutely. those guys, I'd love to see them just play the whole game. Like, why not? Um, just give me all, all the steps that I can see of those guys. Uh, another one, Jabril Cox, because there's so much depth at linebacker, you know, yeah. he's a lot of times, what the fifth or sixth guy going through these yeah. drills. Um, I saw him get bodied by our guy, Sean McEwen, uh, you know, I think yeah. a couple practices ago. Uh, have you seen much of Cox at practice?
0: Uh, you know, I've, I've tried several different times to specifically notice him. And, you know, I mean, he, again, another guy who is running with the threes, you know, so it's it's tough to kind of yeah. parse exactly how, how good he is based on the talent he's going against. But, um, you know, I, I, I saw that same play with Sean McEwen. I also seen him a couple of times uh, be really good in coverage. But again, it, it's against, um, you know uh the kid from tiffin at one point mm-hmm. and, you know some of these other guys that are just down roster players he looks the part i, I think it's a, the one thing i will say that's a little bit concerning about him and someone i think on one of the the Cowboys shows actually mentioned this as well is that i don't really see him a ton during like uh when they're doing special teams mm-hmm. uh practices mm-hmm. which like that's not great you know i mean he should be like a core, special, he teamer. Be a core so, special teamer yeah yeah um, so that that might be something to look out for see see exactly what his role is like it, uh, in Thursday's game because i mean if he's not playing a bunch of special teams in the Hall of Fame game they may not like have a plan for him and if that's the case i mean i don't know if he's a candidate to get cut but i mean what what's, what's going to do on the roster yeah, yeah that yeah. would be concerning
1: Luke Gifford and and uh, Jabril Cox need to play just about every snap right like i think yeah. do you think we'll see Michael Parsons in the Hall of Fame game
0: Hmm. That's a that's a really good question. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him a little bit. Like um, to
1: open the game like one series yeah, just to get him yeah, you know, yeah, going yeah, a little
0: yeah. bit. Like maybe it's maybe be the starter, right? Yeah.
1: Like, just yeah. one downhill collision with Najee Harris. That'd be a lot of fun. yeah. Uh, yeah. A- any other guys from practice that you saw today that you, you would like to touch on? Because uh, it seems like it was you know, a spirit of practice. They were you are doing some scramble drills in the red zone. Saw Keanu Neal getting an interception. Does anybody else you want to you know comment on?
0: We haven't really talked about Carlos Watkins a lot, um, but but I'll tell you what he's he remains the starter at nose tackle, and he had another pass deflection today, and he just seems to do the job well. It seems like when he's out there, um, you know, he certainly has given some of the interior guys some fits at different points. So, um, you know, I, I just I continue to be shocked by how much of an improvement it seems there is. Uh, on the defensive interior based on where we were last year. It just, the the Watkins uh, and and now you're starting to see urban a little bit more uh, since the pads have come on. Those guys have looked, those guys have looked pretty decent. That's, that's exciting news for us.
1: It seems like those guys kind of know their roles, right? Like Carlos Watkins is not a pass rusher, right? But he kind of knows exactly what he's being asked to do. Same for Brent urban. Like, it just seems like these guys fit these roles, right? And that's, Making Randy Gregory look really good on the outside because now he's just worrying about a tackle one on one. It's allowing Michael Parsons, like I saw today in practice. Parsons came downhill; uh, it wasn't really a stunt, but he kind of shot a gap that nobody yep. blocked him in and made a tackle. I think it was on Ezekiel Elliott, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's because Carlos Watkins is occupying, you know, two gaps. Right? Um, I, I think I do think they're going to be better there. The names aren't going to be sexier. Like, and I don't think any of those guys are going to no. get like pro bowl nominations or anything like that. But I think they're just key parts to what should be hopefully an average defense. And uh the last question I'm going to ask you from what you've seen over, pra- you know, in practice last two weeks, do you think this Cowboys defense can be average?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, they look good. Like I mean, it's look, it's shocking to me. It's surprising to me. Um, They you know, look faster.
1: They, that's. I think that's the biggest. Uh, absolutely.
0: They had. look fast. I mean, they look, the coverage looks unrecognizable. <laughs> like it's just, it's it, lots of people are covering well. I, I've never seen cornerbacks. I mean, this isn't even just like from last year. I have never seen cornerbacks on this team getting their hands on footballs the way that this team gets their hands on footballs. Uh, I've I think a I, lot I, of know, corners
1: like peel back and make plays in the ball. Like, you know, they're just, they just seem like they have a better feel than what they did over the last couple of years.
0: They're catching it
1: that's yeah, they're to they're me, honest,
0: that's half that right? of it that's I mean, they're they're there's there's the times that they're not catching the ball is when they're reaching across and slapping it down otherwise if the ball's in the air they're not swatting it they're catching it um, and that's you know that's surprising and, and shocking to in a large degree
1: so the cowboys do not have a practice on monday i think they have a pretty light practice on tuesday yep. wednesday they are they are off thursday's the hall of fame game lane and then next i believe it's next saturday they start Very their first the practice with the Rams. So uh, things are moving. We're going to have actual football to discuss this week. Like we're going to be breaking down film. Well, we <laughs> might be breaking down film um. depending on uh, – I, I can't even mention them. <laughs> because there's We won't sponsors. even get into that. No. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a mess. But uh, That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, continue to support us on YouTube. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Cowboys. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. Tune back in on Tuesday. We'll continue to answer some of your Twitter questions. We'll get into some practice notes, and we will see you then.